Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, spiritual midwife, mystic, and transformational guide. And today I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Rima Bonario to the podcast. Welcome, Rima. Thank you, Joni. I'm so delighted to be with you today. Mm. Let me tell our listeners a little bit more about you. So Rima is a dream weaver. She's a soul coach and a wild heart healer. Her life's work is facilitating and teaching processes and practices that bring about a reconnection to our inherent sacred wholeness. Rima speaks and teaches on women's sovereignty and awakening She offers in-person and online workshops, groups, and private coaching programs, as well as doing hands-on healing sessions. She weaves together elements of modern science with ancient wisdom, myth, and archetype, ritual and ceremony, soul and shadow work. Her most recent offerings include body-based energy practices and explorations in the arenas of sexual sovereignty and embodied feminine presence. Yay! Yes! So I, I have to tell you, Rima, that term, sexual sovereignty, literally just came to me. Like I, I had never heard that before, and it just came to me like in the last 10 days. So I am... I'm blown away that that's, that that's, I I knew that that was part of the work that you did, but I just didn't know you were using that term. So, woo. (laughs) Yeah, that term um, came to me out Mm -hmm. of the blue about three years ago when I began this journey of looking at what was going on in my body, particularly in relationship to my sexual connection with my husband. Mm -hmm. And um, we had come to a place in our relationship. We'd been married about 12 or 13 years at that point and really worked on our relationship and had Um, good communication skills. Both of us had done years of shadow work and lots of personal development work and were leaders in our respective communities. He's part of the Mankind Project and a leader in that community. And I do my work with women, um, as well as the, the shadow work that I've been doing for many years with men, women, and couples. And But we were still having this disconnection Mm. in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And um, we... So at one point in time, he said to me, you know, I really would like you to fix this, <laughs> which, which is, you know, we laugh about it now, but at the time he was pretty convinced it was my issue. And mm. so was I, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I thought, well, yeah, it must be me. I mean, I'm the one that doesn't really can't figure out how to get like, I like intellectually, I want to have a rich, juicy, incredible love life with my husband. Of course, he's my beloved, but I just couldn't seem to get my body to go there or when it would start to go there, it would, um, you know, there were things that would happen that would just immediately sort of knock me out of the experience. And I had a hard time getting back. And it, we would end up very often in a, just a really unpleasant and disconnected experience. And eventually he just quit um, approaching me or, you know, initiating sexual activity because it just became too painful, you know. Mm-hmm. So we would wait until I was just, you know, sort of around the bend with it when I finally, and I would finally initiate something and and then sometimes things would go okay. But you know, that just wasn't what we really wanted. And my daughter was um, 11 at the time and she was just beginning to develop. And I got really clear that if I didn't fix the things that were in the way of me owning my own sexual sovereignty and Mm. and feeling sexually um, comfortable and liberated and connected to my own sexuality in a healthy way, there was no way I was going to be able to guide her in the coming years where that was going to be the priority as Mm -hmm. she was moving into her teenage years. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So what did you do? How, mm-hmm. <laughs> what well, happened next? Well, it started with, um, I found the book Red Hot and Holy by Sarah. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. I, and I have read that book. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I watched a talk. I watched Sarah give a talk and it was all about this idea of the authentic feminine. Mm. And, um, and, and so I just connected with her through that video I watched and went onto her website and found that she was doing a week-long program, um, and I signed up for it right away. One thing I have learned in my journey for sure is that if I want to have a significant transformation in my life, then I need to be willing to commit two things to it, energy and money. I'm mm. sorry, I meant time and money, both of which are forms of energy. Mm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm not willing to put in a significant period of time, seven days is a good amount of time. 10 days is even better if I mm. really, really want transformation mm-hmm. because it allows me enough time to work with whatever teacher I'm studying with to the first three days. All you're doing is disconnecting from your own home life and your patterns. Mm-hmm. You don't even really get to begin to take on the energy of what you're seeking to embody until you're in the four, five, six, seven day range. And then if you're lucky enough to get somebody who's doing 10 days, then you get the sort of the last three become deep integration time. Mm. And so anyway, I went on that wonderful week with Sarah. She does a, a soul fire retreat once a year in the summer. She's just finished this one for 2018. Mm-hmm. And I, um, and, and it, and it, my soul 
came home to me, or I came home to my soul is really what happened. And in the, and I knew my focus for that week was to work on embodying my sexuality. Everybody was sort of doing their, whatever was their work. And that just happened to be my work. And, um, and that started me connecting to the aspect of myself that is divine. And I found my ways to bring my soul into my body. And, and, mm. and, and so lots of good things came from that, but it didn't really, um, it just opened the door basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it opened the door and it gave me a deep connection to my soul. And I began the practice of being guided by my soul on a daily basis with my work, with my, how I choose to invest my time and energy. Um, and, and, and so after about a, a year of doing that and take, take, took me on all kinds of incredible adventures and completely <laughs> reoriented my work life, um, then I got to work with another teacher and introduced to her, her name is Linda Cesara, and she's sort of hard to find because she's one of those mystics that you have to more or less be referred to work with her. Mm. Um, but she does, she does 10-day trainings, and she was teaching, um, a friend of mine connected me with her, and she was teaching with TJ Bartell, who is an, also one of my teachers now, um, and a personal coach around this in this area. He's a tantric educator. And I went to a 10-day event with the two of them. And that was really the place where the pieces that were off began to get um, where, where, where the, everything just completely shifted for me. I wouldn't have landed there had I not done the, the soul work first because it was all through, you know how it is, you teach this, how when we yes. follow guidance, unbelievable things happen. Yes, yes. Trusting that sacred feminine flow. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yes. So you spent that 10 days with the two of them and that is what started or opened the door to the sexual sovereignty yes in a, in a just in a profoundly new way i mean i was already tracking and working on pieces of that i'd done healing work around things that had happened in my past i'd i'd looked at and found um what i would say misinformation or false beliefs I found, I found in me during that retreat with Sarah, I found in me what uh, seemed like a dead and gnarled tree that was coming from my base chakra up through my second chakra, which is the sexual chakra. And it was sort of uh, black and, you know, dying really or dead. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I did the work of pulling that out of me and replacing it with this beautiful golden tree, which is one of the mm. ways that I see my soul. Mm. And, and so I'd done that a good amount of shadow work and historical work over the, between the time of working with Sarah and working with Linda. And then when I got to Linda's class, um, I began working on my energy body and mm. I had no idea that we, well, I knew we were an electromagnetic energy field. I knew that from my heart math work and, and a lot of the other pieces that I'd had in the past, but I didn't understand that 
Because of that, we have two poles in our body, two, two magnetic poles, just like the earth has a north and a south pole. Mm-hmm. And we also have a north and a south pole. One of those poles sits in our pelvic area around mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. our sexual organs are. And, one, and the other pole sits in our heart area, in our chest. And I learned how to manage my polarity and also how to teach others how to manage their polarity. Mm. And I learned that a male body's polarity is opposite to a woman's body's polarity. Mm. And so um, all of us, our, our, our pelvic pole or the pole in our sexual area is our strongest and most significant pole. It's our, what I call the power pole. And the pole that's in the chest is the non-dominant pole. Hmm. And, and so when you're operating out of your power pole, you're charging yourself and filling yourself up and turning on your body and bringing the life force energy that is your birthright into your body and using that as you move out in the world. Hmm. And then the activity of moving from the pole in the chest area actually is draining Huh. So, so the thing that was so fascinating for me to discover is that a woman's power pole is all about receptivity. It's, it's the feminine pole. It's the pole that draws inward. And if you think of our anatomy, that makes sense. We have um, our, our vagina or our yoni, the Sanskrit word for vagina is yoni. I love that word because it's not laden with all the baggage that our Western words are. Um, And it's a very sacred word. It means sacred space. And so Mm -hmm. we draw in there and then we give out through our heart. Mm -hmm. Whereas a male embodied person does the opposite. The male body gives out through the pelvis and receives in through the heart. Mm. And so the reason this is so important is that I learned that I did not have my power pole turned on properly. Mm. I I really, and most women actually do not. Um, Our superpower is actually in receiving. And most of us really suck at receiving. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think you're, you're, accurate with that. (laughs) Well, and it's, you know, I mean, it's not our fault, but it is our problem. I mean, most of us have been trained to give and in Western society in particular, the feminine aspects and feminine power is completely ignored at best. And, um, it's, it's denied at worst. And so we have been trained to operate in a world that has been, if you look at it historically, it was created by men and for men to work in a way that functions well with their bodies. Ah, interesting perspective. Which is all about doing and producing and um, being in motion constantly. Mm-hmm. So, so the feminine power of rest, of space, mm. of intuition, and allowing, that type of power is not, is not recognized hardly at all in our societal realms. 
And so if we want to be successful business women, if we want to have a great career, even the, even the task of raising children is a masculine task. We've genderized it and called it feminine, but it's an output. Even mm-hmm. if you think about nursing your baby, you, your breasts are outputting. It's coming from your chest. Mm. So literally, grow- yes. literally, right. So growing the baby is a deeply feminine thing. It's happening in the womb. And we're simply allowing that life to form inside of us. But the moment we have to shift from gestating and, <laughs> and being pregnant, being the creatrix, and mm-hmm. move into raising the child, we move into a masculine energy. And so what very often happens for couples is that the kids are born and the sexual relationship between the husband and wife goes through an incredible adjustment. And sometimes the husband feels like he loses his wife. Like what happened? We don't, you know, we don't connect anymore. And then she can feel like, well, now I have another child, you know, like I already have Mm -hmm. kids and now Mm -hmm. you're just like another child, you know? And that static happens because the couple has fallen out of polarity. Mm. And she's in mostly what, and this is certainly what happened to me. I was running two businesses, getting my doctorate and raising a child. Wow. And so I was doing like mad and very successful, very competent, you know, very capable of keeping everything going, um, you know, feeling so proud of all of that. Mm -hmm. But that's intensely masculine. And I was not good at self-care. I was definitely not good at relaxing and laughing and letting my hair down and being soft and juicy and luscious in the bedroom, you know, where I could receive my husband. None of that was happening. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know that what I, it was completely unconscious, you know? And, uh, and so, so what, what it's like is if you imagine two magnets Mm -hmm. that the same end are facing one another, it's Mm. like they repel each other. Mm -hmm. So we had two masculine energies happening in the house. And usually what happens to a man in that scenario is he, he's got a choice. He can either continue to try to outmasculine his woman, which he will eventually do because as women, we can never out-yang the yang. Um, <laughs> you know, we can never be more man, manly than the men. They're just energetically better at it than we mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we can out-woman them, <laughs> <laughs> which has its, is its own wonderful, beautiful thing. And so, so he either abandons his masculine so that there's no fight going on. And then he becomes more feminine. And then that usually ends up with us feeling like now we have another child because now he's not doing, he's not filling, he's not in charge. He's not showing up in his strength. He's just waiting. You know, he doesn't Mm. want to clash. Mm -hmm. And, And that happens because a lot of times our behaviors become emasculating to a man. We, we basically turn our men into boys because we're, we're, we're energetically operating in a masculine fashion. And if they don't want to get divorced, <laughs> you know, cause that's the other option is they can leave if they, they can leave. 
Right. Well, it makes me think about, you mentioned that they are receiving through their heart. So in order for them to have any chance of receiving, it sounds like there needs to be that, like that peacemaking, so to speak, or that laying, laying down of arms and, and not going into combat with, you know, with right. their partner. Right. Uh-huh. So that means they about abandon their pelvis and they move into their heart. And so, so if the woman abandons her pelvis and moves only into her heart, then you have a single polarity. You have, she's holding the masculine in her heart and he's holding the feminine in his heart. But ideally what you want in a couple is for, for a double polarity. Mm. You know, I want to have my polarity operating where I have my own masculine and feminine in a healthy arrangement. And he has his masculine and feminine in a healthy arrangement. Now, in same-sex couples, this works similarly in that both parties have a masculine and feminine pole. Mm-hmm. But instead of running the pole like a circuit as a circle, they, they run the pole like an infinity loop where they're crisscrossing. Mm-hmm. And each party just moves back and forth, mm-hmm. sometimes taking on the feminine um, role of of the being state and sometimes taking on the feminine or the masculine role of the doing state. And I don't want to, anyone to misunderstand me here and that we're, we're not talking about saying that all of our advances in women's liberation and equality are bad or anything of that sort. We needed to be able to have the kinds of economic power that that's brought forth in our life. However, there's been a little bit of an unintended consequence in that energetically the, the generation that is um, dealing with these shifts and the ones coming behind, we are energetically somewhat confused about how mm. we relate to each other now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it gets in the way of our sexual connection. And so sexual sovereignty for a woman, for me, is more than just owning our desire. That's incredibly important. We want to own our desire and we want to feel free to express ourselves sexually and to have our wants and needs to deeply receive sexually. It also means to me understanding how my polarity affects my beloved and how I can be sovereign in owning my the fullness of my power as a woman that mm. includes my that my softness, you know, and um, my ability to surrender to my, my beloved. Particularly, you know, think of it as a dance. People really get this in partner dancing. Only one person can lead if you're going to have a good time. <laughs> yes. Now, in Absolutely. the bedroom, you, yeah. that doesn't mean that we're passive when we're not leading or when I'm surrendered. There's a difference between I can be I can be active and still surrendered. I can sometimes take the lead and move in a little bit more masculine way. Maybe I'm going to roll over and get on top. But the difference that I learned is that when I'm on top, I'm still functioning from a place of seeking my own pleasure. Mm. So that's for you. That is the key piece about the receptivity because I think that's really important. Yes. So that's what it's about. Yes. Because when I am in the place of continuing to receive, even when I'm being active, like 
sort of mm-hmm. being on top and in motion. Mm-hmm. My, what happens for my partner, if you have a male partner, and this happens also in same-sex couples, if they're good at switching their, their um, polarities or their um, energetic dynamics, as I'm seeking my pleasure and moving in a way that I'm really tuned into my body and I'm really enjoying myself, that just turns on my husband and your any the the man it, it is, then he is in his right position which is that of giver mm. and he feels needed and wanted and powerful and capable and completely in his manhood and i feel sexy and desirable and juicy and full of pleasure and completely in my womanhood. And what you have then is an incredibly dynamic and powerful exchange of this magnetic energy that we create in our energy fields. And it's electric and it's, it's um, magnetic. I mean, you just, you know, you, you want to be making love all the time and <laughs> it's really, really fun and exciting. I mean, that's, that's what's happened to our sex life now. I mean, we, we practice our, um, we've studied Tantra together and we've worked with TJ, who's our, continues to be our coach. And we practice now together. Our sex life is a practice now. Mm. And we use it to create deep connection that serves us in every area of our life. Yes, I was going to ask you how it has changed just the dynamic in your relationship outside of the bedroom. Well, all of that sort of gritchy um, temper flares, arguments, um, what we what we've come to call static now, has primarily almost completely dropped away. I mean, we still have moments if if we've been stressed. And uh, as you know, we just spent seven weeks in a huge move across the country (laughs) um, and lived in four different temporary housing situations and, you know, had trouble with our movers getting our belongings and, you know, you name it, right? So that's a high degree of stress. And we were saying to each other just the other day that we never could have come through it so skillfully and brilliantly if we hadn't gotten our polarity work handled and Mm. really been able to continue to practice and be loving toward each other and be excited about each other and with each other all through the move. And I find it incredibly settling. I mean, I had no idea how much I was going without um, to not have this part of our relationship functioning. I had no idea how much it feeds me to really have a a beautiful and nurturing physical connection with my husband. And it, and every area of our life is better. We're, we're sweeter to one another. We have fewer, I mean, the power struggles just disappear when our polarities are matched appropriately. Mm. So it's showing up just in your dynamic in terms of how you relate to each other. Absolutely. In day-to-day life decisions or roles or et cetera. Yes. Yes. So I've learned how to have conversations with him that allow him to, to, I don't try to, I, my power doesn't have to be in opposition to his power anymore. 
Mm. It's complementary instead. When I'm moving from my feminine power and I'm embodied in my feminine presence, we have incredible conversations. We make decisions easily. We respect the skill set of the other. And, and then when I'm, and, and so we don't, um, we both listen and we both speak, but it's, it's not that I become some mousy, you know, feminine, old school type of controlled person. It has nothing, it's nothing like that at all. And when I'm in my feminine presence and I'm embodied, I'm at my most powerful place. And I'll tell you just honestly, what Tobias will say is that when I'm moving from that place, there's literally nothing that I can ask him for that he can deny me. (laughs) (laughs) He just, it's his delight to give to me when I'm moving from that place, when I'm asking from that place, when I'm operating from that place, it just, it's, it is like a magnetic draw and, and it charges him and it delights him to provide for me in that way. And then, and then I get to provide back to him. See, he has that in pole as well mm-hmm. and he receives in also. And we just make sure that as we're doing it, um, both of us are staying charged and I'm not over giving and he's not over receiving. Mm-hmm. And that can happen, you know, in the bedroom, but it can also happen in, so for example, as women, we have more access to our emotions generally than men do. Just our brains are, are more, we have more neural connections in our brain. We can operate out of both hemispheres in our brain at the same time and men simply can't. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so our brains are very different. And then because output comes from our heart, having a lot of words and speaking is very easy for us. Whereas for men, when they're listening, those words are coming into their heart and it's draining for them. So, so I've learned to um, make appointments for deeper conversations. I've learned to limit my how much I want to talk with him and to watch and observe when I can see it's starting to drain him and wind things up. Hmm. And just like the, the so, so this is a principle that the masculine or the out is forever seeking the feminine or the in. It's just a natural um, energetic dynamic Mm -hmm, that exists mm -hmm. on planet Earth. So the masculine in my heart is naturally seeking to go into the the feminine in his heart. And as women, sometimes we demand to get into our man's heart. Just the way we have had men demand to get into our yoni. (laughs) And we don't even realize that Mm -hmm. we are violating them at times when they don't have anything to give and we insist that they have a three-hour conversation at midnight because we're triggered and upset, you know? Mm. That's our form of violation. Wow. That, That is... Very illuminating and fascinating. I I hadn't, uh, this is the first that I'm learning about this piece of it. So I want to ask you, because I know, so tell me how you work with this and how you teach this, how it's showing up in your work and in your offerings. Well, I start by, by 
explaining the dynamics similar to the conversation we're having here where mm-hmm. we begin with a head knowledge like oh my gosh i understand what's happening now there's this polarity and there's an energy field and 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 many many women that i work with come to realize like i did that my battery was basically upside down um that's an easy way to think of it uh i was not i had too much emphasis on my masculine and not enough emphasis on my feminine. So we, we want to understand that first. We need to make an assessment and figure out where we are. Some women are in the opposite scenario. They have abandoned their, their capacities in their heart and they're, they're always deeply in the feminine and they can't, they, they feel powerless in some ways because they've, they're not accessing the fullness of the, of their feminine power. So so you have to take a look at where, what it's, how it's showing up in your life and in your relationships with your beloved and perhaps with your boss or with your children. Then we do some body-based practices because the beautiful thing about this work is that we are working with the body and the body's energy system. And we can do this by visualization, breath, sound, and um, these things are things that we can use to actually shift the body and movement is the fourth one. These are the four actually tantric principles. And so I teach the different energy techniques that I learned from my time of studying with Linda and TJ. And I help other women learn how to shift the energy in their body so that the flow is happening in the correct way. And there's a, I'll just tell you uh, one very simple technique that, that anybody can do. Um, and, and it really has to do with understanding that energy follows attention. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then form follows energy. So, mm. so it has an, ultimately has an impact on our body. Like when our energy system is flowing properly, it's very easy to maintain whatever we consider our ideal weight. Hmm. Our, our body mm-hmm. just naturally is able to process our food better. Our digestion turns on properly when our pelvis is energized. Um, we don't, we aren't holding weight as a form of protection anymore when our energy centers are working well and we are feeling safe. Um, so, so a lot of physical ailments can be addressed just by getting the energy functioning properly. So one technique is to simply place your hands on your belly mm-hmm. And breathe deeply into your belly as opposed to a big chest breath. Mm. And as you do that, imagine filling up your pelvis with a beautiful light. It It can be any color or no color at all. And imagine that it's like you are turning on an engine. And just breathing deeply and placing your attention where your hands are and even coming all the way down and around to the bottom of your body, your perineum, and into your yoni. And if people are, women are comfortable, you can even place a hand there just to, again, energy follows attention and you're just 
inviting yourself to attend to this pole. Hmm. And I've been doing this for so long now that all I have to do is think about that area and it just starts vibrating and radiating and it's it's pretty much charged all the time now so it's sort of just like checking in and oh yep there it is <laughs> and we often think of this when you if you're if you're doing this now and you're starting to feel some energy moving in this area um, sometimes we think of this we call it sexual energy mm-hmm. and and it is it can absolutely be used in a sexual uh, in, encounter uh, but it's really bigger than that. This is life force energy. And what we choose to do with it is our business. We can put mm. it in our painting. We can put it in our mm. mothering. We can put it in our self-care. We can put it in our business. We can put it in our time of rest where we're just enjoying being alive and not needing to do anything besides just feeling our own aliveness. Hmm. Yes, I was wondering about those that aren't coupled at this time, or you were talking about your daughter and her development and, you know, working with a, a young woman who's coming, coming of age sexually, just what it is that you're so saying is possible yeah Yeah. so so what we would do and and i do this even as my own practice even though i have a partner i don't want to rely on him to always be the one filling me that would be a big Mm -hmm. burden um as i begin to flow that energy that's in my pelvis i begin to pull it up to my heart and and then it goes out my heart and down around and back into my yoni. So so it's like the draw if my yoni is sort of pulling the energy out of my heart and it makes a full circuit now, if mm-hmm. you can imagine it flowing. So imagine pulling that up to a second pole in your heart that's like a chalice. So maybe it's not as big as the pelvic bowl. Mm-hmm. You're filling that up and then it's overflowing and coming back down around into the yoni. And so mm. you're, you're going around and around in your poles. And, and so that looks like making sure that the doer in us puts time on the calendar for the beer yes. to have space. Yes. Absolutely. That, that whole premise of the self-care, self-love. And, and I love that you're saying that we don't have to receive A, just from a man, or B, sexually, that there are lots of ways that we can practice that receptivity and that charging. Absolutely. And what we want to be really mindful of is that sometimes the things we think of as self-care just become more to-dos. Mm-hmm. So, so really notice if signing up for that painting class is actually going to give you time to rest and settle into yourself 
and and deeply connect with your soul which it might if if as you paint that's part of the way you charge or if it's just going to feel like a rush to get in the car and race over there and one more thing in a really hectic busy day and now you're worried about am i getting it right and do i have my paints and i have to go to michael's and get you know like that is <laughs> that is not <laughs> the, the receptive charging energy you're looking for hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> so it it get it starts to it starts to push up against our um, the patterns and the and the beliefs we might have been raised around. Like, is it okay for me to just lay on the couch for twenty minutes and 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 rest my eyes? Mm. And is it okay to want pleasure to have pleasure? I, I oh yeah, we could that, talk about that for hours. <laughs> yes, we could. And yeah, just that allowing ourselves to receive, not just um, filling up, but but to take in pleasure, I think is is a biggie for so many of us. It's huge. And I think a lot of us as women, some of the trouble we're seeing in our societies, uh, the, the challenges between um, in relationships come from our inability to own our desire. Yes. You know, our desire scares us. It scares the cootie out of us sometimes, whether that's <laughs> desire for uh, our business to grow or desire to be loved. We think it's weakness sometimes. And, you know, it can go that route. You know, we can move into codependency with if we're not careful. That is a problem for sure. We want instead to be in a place where we're in interdependence, mm -hmm. where we, we, we know we can rely on ourselves, and then we seek to bring a, a whole self, a full self, a full circuit into relationship with another full circuit, so that is an add to. Mm. So I want to ask you, because we're, we're getting close to the end of our time, and I know you have a very exciting, beautiful, amazing offering that I want our listeners to hear about and for you to take some time with. So can you tell us about the trip you have coming up? Absolutely. It is my passion to help women find and hold and create this type of lasting change in their lives so that the things they find, everything in their life begins to run more smoothly. And so um, I took a group of women last year to Egypt and had a profound experience of exploring the divine feminine there. And I knew before I left, I felt called by the goddess to bring another group back this year with more of a focus on embodiment. And, and so I invited TJ Bartel to come and co-facilitate this, this pilgrimage with me. And we have created a program that is designed to support women to actually really create the depth of sexual sovereignty and personal sovereignty that I believe every woman should have in her life. And mm -hmm. we're doing that by really over the course of six months. We've got three months of preparation work that we will be teaching virtually. Mm -hmm. and preparing the women to do the pilgrimage so that we get the most out of our time. And then on November 9th, we will be arriving, all the women will be arriving in Egypt. 
And we will start our journey moving down south and visiting some of the most amazing sacred temples dedicated to the goddess. And we will be teaching while we are there as well in circle time, and we will have time for deep rest. And every woman on the trip will get an awakening and activation private session with TJ as well. And he will be working with your energy field to and your body to help turn on powerfully and palpably your feminine embodied presence, your superpower that exists mm. in and then we'll have time to integrate that as we sail the Nile mm. on our private Dahabea with our private chef catering to our needs and, and we will be relaxing and there's no greater teacher than the Nile, in my opinion, of what feminine mm. energy is. Sacred feminine flow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> deep, deep flow. Being rocked to sleep on the Mother Nile uh, for four nights as we as we cruise uh, the Nile, and then we'll get to Luxor and fly to Cairo, and then we'll have a couple of days of doing some sightseeing in Cairo. Where, of course, we'll go to the Sphinx and the Pyramid and the Cairo Museum, and we will be my one of my favorite things is we'll be visiting Gamal's oil shop and Gamal mm. is a fifth generation alchemist and um last year I purchased a set of oils that are chakra oils that mm -hmm. come from actually were inscribed on the walls of temples of each of the sacred oils that match the chakras oh and I've gosh. been using those in my work they are profoundly powerful and so it's an opportunity to have a deep dive into that experience again, where you get to step out of your daily life, not only out of your daily life, but completely into a different energy signature where we will drop into the goddess energy. This is the cradle of society, of humanity, of civilization, this area. And it's one of the most potent power places on earth. And so uh, we'll be really sinking into this experience. And then when we come back, because we don't want what happens in Egypt to stay in Egypt, we're going <laughs> to be doing um, three more months of coaching calls and um, deep integration work to make sure that what the women learn and experience in Egypt becomes part of daily life. And it's very exciting. We're going to be starting our first uh, virtual session in September. And so uh, this, the hopefully, I don't know, um, we'll see if there's spots available. We don't want to leave anyone behind, but we'd love to have anybody along who's feeling themselves activated, like they're getting a full body yes, that I, I should be on this trip. So if a listener wanted to inquire and participate and see if there's still room, how could they do that? They can go to my website, which is rimabonario.com, R-I-M-A-B-O-N-A-R-I-O.com, forward slash Egypt. And all the information about the trip is there. 
and there's a place where you can send an email to me, or you can even just email me directly, which is rima at rimabonario.com, and tell me a little bit about why you are feeling called to come on the trip. And mm. what I do then is usually have a conversation with a woman who is interested just to make sure that the trip is a good fit for her and she's a good fit for the circle and make sure we get all of her questions answered and then we'll get her registered and signed up and ready to go. So mm. it's, it's a profound, a profound experience. Yes. It sounds divine. <laughs> Literally. It is. It is that. Yes. So we need to bring this to a close, but I, I do love to ask my, my guests uh, routinely if there was some piece of wisdom you would share or could share with your younger self, whatever age that might be, from, from this standpoint of who you are and all you've grown into, what would you, what would you let her know, that I would, younger self? I would want her to know that she is beautiful beyond belief, that she mm. is exquisite in every way and that every inch of her body is delightful and delicious and desirable and no imperfection could in any way take away from the version of the goddess that she is and the goddess delights in being in so many varied forms and so each one of us in our particular and unique expression of the goddess is in fact deeply divine. Mm. Aho. Mm -hmm. Yes. So thank you, Rima, for being here and sharing so generously. You have, it's, it's been a wonderful uh, time for me just to take in and receive all the wisdom you have to share. And mm -hmm. I know for our listeners as well. Thank you, Joni. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Mm. And I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking your time to be with us. And as always, to remind you to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.